Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Today is February 12th, 2014. We have a really special guest today. Her name is Kartika Anderson. She's the author of the book, Turning Blue to Blue. She's a graduate of Wesley College. She's a multi-dimensional abstract artist and a speaker. We're going to talk today about depression and how to keep yourself and those that suffer from it um, in a um, help them get into a better place with it. You know, there's there's so many challenges these days in our you know in our general you know living in our general environment. It's helpful. It's really helpful to know what measures you can take when you do suffer from depression. So now I'm going to bring on our guest. Hello there. How are you today? Hi, Denise. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to have a great show today. It's going to be very informative, and we're going to learn a lot from you. Why don't you tell the listeners how you got on the path that you're on today? Okay. Um, I had been a high achiever throughout my life. Uh, my motivation had been pleasing my mom. She was a single mother. Ah. I, played, I played it safe and tried to do things the right way. But what I didn't realize was that I was losing my real self. I was losing touch with the activities that made me happy. And I was becoming less able to express myself either in action or in words. I developed a high standard for myself, and I expected a similar work ethic and sense of morality from others. And then mm. after I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I expected a great deal from God, too, but on my terms. Mm-hmm. So eventually the stress of carrying my perfectionism and rigidity and frustration and suppression of pain, because I can do it all attitude, <laughs> was rear-ended by reality in 2011. And at that point, I hit my low, and I wanted to swallow oh. pills and sleep forever. Jeez. But fortunately, I had started therapy two weeks earlier, and uh, at that point, I agreed to go on medication, and the real healing began for me. And that's kind of where the book picks up. Do Sometimes people don't realize that they're depressed. Is that correct? 
That is very correct, yes. Um, in fact, I did not realize that I was depressed. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I knew something was going on. Um, mm-hmm. I had become more agitated than usual. Um, I was having a great amount of difficulty concentrating at work. Um, uh, my memory was um, poor. <laughs> I mean, it was, I describe it in the book where it's not like I didn't remember what was being said in the meeting that I attended. I didn't remember that there was a meeting. <laughs> so um, it, that made it very tough at work um, because I could see these changes in me. And I didn't know if, if others could or not, but I felt very uncomfortable about it. Um, so it, it is common that, that people won't realize what they're dealing with. And then sometimes even when we have a sneaking suspicion because of the stigma associated with depression, um, a person may try to say, oh, no, that's, that's not it, or I can handle it, I'll snap out of it, and they just kind of keep plodding along. You state in your book that depression in women is misdiagnosed approximately 30 to 50% of the time. Um, what, what are they diagnosed with if it's not depression? Um, it can be a variety of things, but um, I, I think that now we have um, tests that can be done. Like I took a test um, on my doctor's iPad, actually, where they asked a series of questions, and they're really looking at what were your emotions and thoughts like for the last uh, two weeks. So if you oh. have a persistent um, sadness or or um, lack of, um, you you feel guilty or you feel like you don't have appropriate self-worth, those kinds of things, if those feelings go on for two weeks, then um, the test will say, okay, we're dealing with a a depressed situation. Um, And and it can be low self-esteem, it can be um, a loss of sleep or too much sleep, changes in appetite Mm -hmm. where we're eating too much or eating too little. Uh, as I mentioned, the poor concentration that I suffered from, loss of energy, um, all of those kinds of things. I, I think, um, you know, we see the TV commercials where the person is kind of droopy. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that's not all of it, though. Um, there, is a, there can be some anger associated with it. Um, and so it, it's good to realize that it can be brought. And in men, it can, it can even become uh, more violent because that's the way men will express themselves. So we have to be careful mm-hmm. with our men who mm-hmm. often don't talk about being depressed. Well, when we talk about depression, I imagine that there's like short-term depression and long-term depression. Short-term depression would be, say, your boyfriend broke up with you or you were going through a divorce. Are they treated the same way? That's an interesting point Um, because, of course, we know that uh, a situation, the same situation will affect two people very differently. Um, So someone who may have a genetic predisposition to depression may have those situations hit them harder or someone who's dealing with a chemical imbalance. I was reading recently that folic acid, a deficiency in folic acid, 
people who have that have more of a tendency towards depression. And in some cases, we have to get our folic acid up to a certain level before the medications will be as effective as they could be. So there could be some things going on kind of behind the scenes that will cause that that loss of the boyfriend, Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, to hit harder. But let's say um, the person hasn't dealt with depression before. It's certainly normal to feel sad about losing this person. Um, Mm -hmm. Generally, that will pass after a while, um, hopefully. Um, In depression, as I, uh, there can be, for most of us, because I have dealt with depression throughout my life, we go through kind of recovery phases, and so for months or years, we may not deal with it. We may not have any issues. And then something may happen, and kind of it flicks the switch again inside of us. Mm -hmm. And if we haven't um, put together coping techniques, for instance, that Mm -hmm. will help us during those times, we can find ourselves falling again. So, so yes, someone dealing with an immediate loss um, will have some some depression or some sadness. Um, But when it starts to go uh, longer and when it starts to really affect them in the ways that I mentioned, then friends Mm -hmm. or family want to kind of get them to think about what's going on and get them some help. Mm -hmm. And what would you recommend are the coping mechanisms that you should have in place? Great question. I'm so glad you asked that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I've had to learn all of these the hard way. Um, so mm-hmm. let's say one of the one of the negative coping mechanisms that many women have is we will eat when we're not happy, and um, I certainly have done that. Um, preferably sweets, uh, donuts, cookies, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we know that that's not really going to solve the problem, but it feels good. You know, there's probably some chemical thing that goes on inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I had to learn, okay, instead of eating, what am I going to do to make myself feel better? And so I have, I'll light a candle, for instance. I have a scent that I like. I'll light a candle. I'll listen to soft oh. music. Classical music helps me a great deal. Um, many of us, when we're dealing with depression, we kind of slow down. But if we can make ourselves get up and go for walks, Um, just get outside and do some things, go bowling at the bowling alley, that sort of thing. It really does help to stay moving. That can help us improve our mood and keep from sinking too far down. Um, I I think about rewarding ourselves for for things that we do well, and and a lot of times women don't think about that. Um, But we, you know, every day is an adventure and a challenge, and we succeed. Um, We've done something well. And we deserve that that recognition. So whether it's, you know, using a, a a wonderful scented lotion that you think is, you know, more expensive than you would ordinarily buy for yourself, um, or a bath soap, those kinds of things are simple, not overly expensive, but um, they're a reward and they don't hurt us in the long run. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, so what what was your journey through getting basically to the other side of your depression? Well, um, after I realized that I was suicidal, and I had been before, 
and I knew I didn't I didn't want to stay there. I really wanted things to be different, and um, so I agreed to take medication for the first time because I had had those preconceived notions about medication, and you know there must be something really wrong with you, um, which I've gotten over. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, I, seeing a therapist, uh, she actually was an art therapist, um, which worked out very well for me since uh, later on my, my real healing came through the art. Um, mm-hmm. But I also realized that I had some unforgiveness in me that I didn't realize, oh. unforgiveness towards some people in my past about some events that mm-hmm. had happened, unforgiveness towards myself because, you know, we tend to blame ourselves if things haven't gone the way we thought they should have, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um and so I dealt with those things. Um, I had to reconcile myself with my relationship with God because I was angry with him also, thinking that things mm-hmm. should have gone a different way. Um, and I think that's common, and people don't want to admit that, but we really do need to be honest with ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. He already knows, so <laughs> so we just need to be honest with ourselves and get past that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, making... I realized that I needed to make changes in my eating habits and in my exercise habits, Um, and all of those things have contributed to my getting healthier and staying healthier. And I, uh, when I talk with women about depression, you know, I want to know first of all: Are you seeing a therapist? Has it been recommended that you're taking medication? If so, are you taking it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So often, I don't get the right answer to that question. and then what, what kinds of other things are you doing? Now, it's a process, and I remember the days when I really couldn't leave my house. Um, friends would make lunch appointments with me, and I, I'm so thankful for them. And I'd make the appointment, but when the time came, when the day rolled around, I just couldn't go. And so mm. I have a lot of patience for women now that I work with who they do the same thing to me now. You know, we'll make, a, we'll make an appointment to meet for coffee or something. And I believe they sincerely want to make it out, but sometimes you just can't. So it's a process, mm-hmm. I understand that. And, uh, and it takes some patience. And, and I hope that um, through the book, perhaps family members who don't understand depression because they've never dealt with it will get mm-hmm. an inside look at what's going on inside their person. And, uh, for instance, there's a part in the book where I talk about not wanting to shower, and that sounds so odd, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But when you just don't feel good uh, about yourself, and it, it's very common. So, a friend of mine who has dealt with um, mental illness saw that in the book, and he showed it to his wife, and he was like, "See, look, I'm not the only one." <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. She thought he was just, you know, a dirty person or something. So, um, mm-hmm. so I, I think it's helpful for for people who are dealing with the illness as well as for family to understand some things that are going on that, you know, no one talks about that, uh, but it's good to know that they're not alone and it's not so strange. Yeah. And we can get over yeah. it because I, mm-hmm. I think through the journey in the book, people will see um, – there's a there's another side. You can get to the other side. It mm-hmm. takes work, though. You have to be serious. You have to be committed to it. You know, you have to get over that mm-hmm. uh, being a victim or being out of control or, uh, you know, you have to decide. 
you know, I was listening to uh, one of your one of your interviews, and you had a gentleman on, and he was talking about healing, and he said healing changes your consciousness. It, it occurs in your consciousness first, and then mm-hmm. it changes. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting. So we have to see ourselves getting well and want to be well before it actually takes place in our bodies. Very Mm -hmm. interesting to me. And, you know, unfortunately... Yeah, he was talking about how it works at a cellular level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. Yeah, You you become what you think. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And, you know, unfortunately, some people have gotten used to being sick or being needy and the attention mm-hmm. that that may bring or the lack of responsibility that that may bring. Um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe they'll always stay that in that place. But, um, but for those know. who really do want to get well, um, they have to give that up. So medication helped bring you out of your depression, it but did. it uh, took a while to get the right dosage and the right combination of medications in place. Is Correct. that quite common with patients? Yes, yes it is. And I Just think because that's... you take the first drug doesn't mean it's going to work. Exactly, exactly. And it mm. really is trial and error to a certain extent for the doctor um, because we are so different on the inside. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's frustrating for the person, and they they give up too soon. I I think I was fortunate that it only took three months for us to find the right combination uh, and dosage. For some people, it takes six months. It can take a year, and and every day is hard during those times. And it's easy to understand why they might want to give up, but I I certainly want to encourage people to stick Mm -hmm. with it, um, that that it can you can find solutions and especially if you're working on the other things if you're working mm-hmm. on you know how you think about things if you're getting some exercise if you're eating properly all of that will help um as you find the right medications oh another thing that i haven't talked about yeah. is reducing stress oh my goodness that's such a common one well that is a big one that's true yes yes we need to reduce stress and and um and there are a lot of reasons why we have stress uh, for women, sometimes we just agree to take on way more than we should. Um, so whatever the cause is, identify it and decide, I don't need as much of it as I have, and this is what I'm going to do to change it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it can come from family, it can come from work, um, it can come from parents, <laughs> wherever. So, yeah, that, that finding the right medication is a is a really tough one but um i encourage people also to read you know to go online and read some things mm-hmm. i read about all of the medications that um they were talking about for me i read all of the side effects you know and oh. uh, some of them i saw and some of them i didn't um uh, but at least mm-hmm. i kind of knew what to expect and um that's a good my idea yeah, yeah, it's important to read. And it, it also makes you feel a little bit more empowered when you kind of mm-hmm. understand what this thing is that's going into your body. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My husband has been but, super, but again, super, super supportive. What, but, but again, when it comes to depression, the the medication alone is not going to be the, the, the one and only fix. 
There's a I lot think, of life um, changes that have to take place in terms of your, you know, your exercise and your nutrition and maybe toxic people in your life and perhaps mm-hmm. a job that you can't stand. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's all these things that contribute to depression. Yes, that is absolutely true. And I think most in the medical field will say the medication plus psychotherapy or talk therapy um, can help mm-hmm. to ch- turn things around. Now, I, uh, when I first started taking medication, my goal was to get off of it as soon as possible. Um, but then I realized... <laughs> that I feel better than I ever have in my life. I didn't know that mm. it could be this much fun. And so then oh, I said, you know what, maybe I should, you know, just chill out about the, the meds. Let me just go with the meds. They're working. <laughs> but I realize oh. that a lot of people are still not comfortable with taking medication, and I understand that mm-hmm. and I respect that. And if they're able to find a more um, holistic or natural way to resolve the issues, then I'm all for that. But my concern is people who say, I don't want to take medication, and then that's the end of the conversation. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> they're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. That's, not mm-hmm. a, that's not an appropriate answer. We need better than that. True. But yeah, at first I was wary, and now I feel like, you know, it's helped me a great deal, and I love my life now. So I'm still mm-hmm. on the medication. It's been um, like a year and a half, I guess, and we've gone mm-hmm. through some reduced dosages and then some increased dosages, but I'm still on the same two medications, um, and uh, I'm in no hurry. I, I feel like, um, <laughs> you know, uh, life is good, and I'm thankful mm-hmm. for that. And mm-hmm. I still have a lot mm-hmm. to learn in terms of uh, putting into practice those those better coping techniques and mechanisms. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about um, suffering, shame, and the superwoman? Sure, sure. That's one of the chapters in the book. Um, mm-hmm. And I really felt like as I was doing my research and, and kind of thinking about what I dealt with and people that I talked with, because once I started talking about depression with friends and family, so many women started to open up to me about it, and I was surprised. I didn't know it was all around me. Um, And so I realized that one of the biggest issues is uh, shame, is the stigma that's associated with uh, mental illness, with taking medication, and uh, with suicidal thoughts. Um, because that's a subject that that we need to talk about, and you know, also, because if someone's not getting the help, uh, it can take them to that point, you know. And that's when I got there. That was my low point, and that was when I decided to do something very different. Um, but some people will will bounce around um, suicidal thoughts for a while, and if they don't have a place where they can be honest about that. That's very dangerous, you know. So, um, so I hope to help reduce that stigma and get people talking. Um, and so, some of the some of the chapter talks about that. Also, that that superwoman uh, concept is so common. You know, there's there are popular books now that talk about um, as women having our career, having our family, having a successful marriage. Um, and I know when I graduated from Wellesley, uh, we were told that we could have all of those things. 
I'm not so convinced now. <laughs> That's just me. I'm 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 a little bit mm-hmm. jaded. I know in my life, uh, the most important mm-hmm. thing to me was, was raising my children. So coming out of the workforce to do that and understanding the sacrifices and, and what mm-hmm. that was going to mean for my long-term career, I was okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. And now they're all big and on their own, and I'm proud of, you know, what I did with them. Um, but for women, um, coming out of the workforce can mean that they – don't get promotions that they could have gotten, that their salaries are not as high as they could have been, that their retirement mm-hmm. plans as rich as they could have been. So it, that is a serious consideration and motivation, perhaps, uh, of why some people really um, struggle to make it all work. And now, you know, some people are completely happy with those decisions and they have support mechanisms like uh, family members that can help or a really supportive spouse, and that's great. Um, mm-hmm. But I realized that for me, um, I had been trying to do too much for too long. Too much. Yes, yes. And that came from my childhood, from how I dealt with my mother. Um, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize that for years. Um, and so, you know, many of us have those kinds of, of issues that, that stem back to when we were young, but that's not we don't have to be stuck there <laughs> that's right. the beautiful thing and and some of this came out through my therapy with my with my therapist um mm-hmm. talking about some of these things and being able to make these connections and so you know i'm totally in favor of people finding the right therapist and i know that's hard to do kind of like finding the right medication finding the right therapist is is very difficult because we're asked to do it at a time when we're sick um, mm-hmm. And we don't have the patience. We don't have the concentration. We're afraid. Unlike when we find our primary physician, usually we're healthy at that time, and and it's something mm-hmm. that we know we have to do because it's enrollment period or whatever. Um, and so it gets taken care of, and then it's always there. We don't think about getting a therapist until there's something wrong, and then uh, you know, then that's that's a hard time to do it. So I want to encourage people first of all, to tell them some of the things to look for, but mm-hmm. also that they they go through the process of selecting someone now <laughs> when you're not so sick and just make that relationship and keep that information on file so that when you or a family member does need someone, you've already made an initial connection and the process oh, will be a lot easier. Good. Yeah, that's a good idea. It really is. Yeah. Especially yeah. Yeah. when... Uh, you're under a lot of stress, too. It would be good to note that there's somebody there that you could go to periodically. Yeah. And I think, too, that will help to reduce some of the stigma when you when you already, you know, kind of know this person. They're, they're okay. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're a monster. They're mm-hmm. friendly. They're, they care about you. Um, I remember uh, through the years dealing with... Um, EAP, the uh, Employee Assistance Network for um, corporations will have an opportunity for someone to call, for an employee to call a toll-free confidential number and talk about an issue that they're having. Mm-hmm. And that's a great um, benefit that some companies offer. But what I found was that when I was at that point, I, I was really doing kind of badly. And 
the person will talk to you, but the goal is to get you connected with a, with a therapist that you can actually go and see. And so there needed mm-hmm. to be some follow-up on my part. And usually I just did not have the energy for all of that. Um, and so most of the time I didn't, I didn't continue. You know, I just kind of tried to mope through it somehow. And so I encourage family members, this is a way, because family members say, how can I help? You know, what can I do? This is a way that family members can help, um, to help their person um, navigate finding the, the right therapist. And that will be very mm-hmm. valuable. I think, too, with depression, we were talking about it earlier, it's really important to treat yourself to something that you enjoy. And yes. for you, you had an art background, and you were able to pursue that throughout your your, your life pretty much. It's, it's been there for you as an abstract artist. Well, actually, Other no. Other people, uh, no? No. I had never done art until recently, um, and oh, that's the miracle of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's... That's the miracle that um, after I felt that God told me that I had nothing to be ashamed of, and that was the first kind of wow moment because I hadn't mm-hmm. realized how much shame I had been dealing with at that point. Shame about being sick, shame about needing to take time off from work to get well, uh, the shame of having to admit this situation to my children, all kinds of stuff. Um, okay. So I let go of all of that, and I never picked it back up, and I'm very thankful for that. But then he told me to draw, and I said, I don't oh. know how to draw. I had never drawn. I'd never taken any art classes. Um, well, but I case. know that when he tells you something, he's going to equip you to do it. And so I went out the next day and got some pastel chalk and some paper, and I started drawing, and everything changed for me at that point. Um, now I can lose myself in the art and for hours. And, um, and yeah, so now it makes a big difference in my life. Did you go take lessons in art afterward? Um, Yeah, now I've done some classes in person and online, um, Mm -hmm. and that's fun, and that helps. And there's a lot of resources out there, of course, through the Internet, Um, Mm -hmm. but it still kind of comes from my heart, and I want to keep it that way. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know where I got the impression that you were an artist, you know, prior to... Your diagnosis of You depression. were amazed by my talent. <laughs> yes, indeed. I love the cover of your book. Oh, thank you. Now, that is not my art, actually. That is a good friend of mine who deals with um, bipolar disorder. But I saw that oh. book and I fell in love with it. I saw it about two years ago, and I said, his name is Corey Graham, um, and he's in Oregon. And I said, Corey, I want that to be the cover of my book. And I don't think he really believed me. But uh, when the time came around to make the cover, I said, yes, this has got to be it. Because she just spoke to me, and I think she speaks to, to anyone who looks at it. You know, you know exactly, you can go to that place. You've been in that place. And, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I just, it's yeah. a breathtaking uh, piece of art to me. So I chose that as it the is. cover. and. Um, and also, you know, as a first-time author, it's really important that you have a great cover and you have a great title, so I spent a lot of energy on that. Now, the writing is something that I have done all my life, um, but I had okay. fallen away from it when I got married. 
um, because mm-hmm. of the children and my husband in that situation. And so just just um, after I started taking the medication and began this journey, and I thought maybe there are some things that I could share with other people, I started writing again. Ah, all right. Well, that, that gives us a better idea of your journey for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I think... I think that everyone has a, a creative side, and it doesn't have to be art. It could be putting together a beautiful, healthy dinner. You know, I think women sell mm-hmm. themselves. I have no skill in that area, <laughs> <laughs> but but I recognize that some do. Being a fantastic hostess, being able to create a beautiful spread, you know, um, and make mm-hmm. people feel comfortable in your home—that's an art, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's a beautiful thing. So I, I think we all have some art in us. We just have to believe in us and uh, and enjoy ourselves, appreciate ourselves. Mm, that's very true. Uh, you, you talk about in your book the 55 ways to de-stress. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Sure. Well, um, because stress is such a... Um, important part of our lives that we need to handle appropriately, I thought, you know, let me see, what are, what are some things that we could do? And so uh, they include um, everything from um, the exercise, and there are so many different exercises. You know, people say, oh, I don't like to do this. I, don't. I mean, there's swimming, there's yoga, there's walking. All of that is good, and some people can do each of those things and receive benefits from them. Um, to something as simple as um, talking with a friend um, on the phone uh, or over coffee. Um, even even sex can be a way to de-stress. Um, and, and, of course, sex can be a negative coping technique also, so we want to be careful um, how the person uses it. But it can be a, a great way to reduce stress. So there are... So many ways, and I tried to put together a list that I would um, send to people uh, about mm-hmm. it because I think we, you know, perhaps we don't really think about it. But even something like I talked about my candles and how that helps me. Lighting sure. candles will help some people. Um, listening mm-hmm. to music, as I said, helps some people. Um, mm-hmm. Ironing it used to be re- very helpful to me. Now I don't like ironing, but <laughs> before. <laughs> I don't think too many people like it. <laughs> Before it used to be kind of a Zen activity for me, but um, I'm not so much anymore. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But gardening for some people um, sure. is, is a, something that helps them. So there are so many different ways. Mm-hmm. But we have to give ourselves permission um, to take the time for ourselves in our busy life and all the people that we're taking care of. Mm-hmm. Do you um, have focus groups now for women with depression? I um, I run a meetup group actually um, here in mm-hmm. Dallas, and um, and my goal was just to give the ladies a place to come out to. You know, because as I had talked before, so- sometimes you just you need to get out of the house, and it's not easy. And if you knew that you were going to a place where there are other women 
going through similar issues, maybe that would make it easier. Um, mm-hmm. So we have regular meetings um, where people can just come and talk, and um, we can do art if you want to, or we can just drink coffee, whatever. And um, I have about 50 ladies now, which is well, that's surprising a lot. and exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's exciting. So it, sh- it just shows wow. me that there is such a need. There's such a need. There's so many women out there. That, um, do you meet in the same place? Um, yes. Uh, we have a neighborhood mm-hmm. restaurant that, um, that we'll meet in uh, twice a month. And then we go do different things, like we're going to go to the um, symphony, uh, there's a free concert that we're going to go check out. Uh, let's see, there's an oh. art gallery that has a, a beautiful um, abstract exhibit from a local artist, and we're going to go check that out. Um, so we do little things that um, have kind of an artsy twist to them. Oh, that's wonderful. Is this um, a group that's on your website? No, I don't have it on my website just because for the privacy of the ladies. Um, okay. Uh, so it's, it's so through word it's, of mouth? Well, it's on the meetup group, you know, the meetup page. People can can look for a, a group for to deal with depression or for women, and then my group may pop up and they can join. Um, but I, I haven't put it on my webpage because the webpage is international, really, and, and I'm only dealing with women mm-hmm. here in the Dallas area, so... So is it called the meetupgroup.com or or what what is it exactly? <laughs> no, no. Um <laughs> meetup.com is a website and uh-huh. um and my group is called North Dallas Women Art Over Depression. Okay, I guess that's what I was trying to get get to. Mhm. Yeah. That's great. And that's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, the ladies, they're just, they're wonderful people. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy them so much. And um, and then some will, you know, will come out, will have a great time, and then I don't hear from them for an extended period of time. And it's because they're going through something, and they feel oh. uncomfortable to admit it, and, oh, I don't want you to see me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't care. I want to see you. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's it's good that that we form these relationships. And I would like to have more of the people in the group supporting one another. I haven't really gotten to that point yet, but I think that would be helpful. Okay. okay. Yeah, and, and I assume that um, most of these women are under the care of a doctor, that they're taking um, their medications. I, excuse me. I do ask that because, uh, mm-hmm. of course, I'm not a counselor and I'm, I don't want anyone to think that I am. And that's not Mm -hmm. the purpose of the group. So I do try to kind of assess where they are and what kind of help they're getting and encourage Mm -hmm. them um, in what they're doing. Um, And and for the most part, yes. Um, These are folks Mm -hmm. who are kind of, I guess they're kind of stages and you kind of, when you're really down, then you start to come up a little bit either through medication or or whatever. So these are people Mm -hmm. who are kind of, they've moved up the ladder a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. but they're not completely socially comfortable yet. Um, okay. And so, um, you know, definitely, I, I and I try to have some, go ahead. Uh-huh. I would think that the group also would be good for people who are dealing with family members that run depressed and trying to figure out how they can get help for them, because if you would come to your group, 
That's an interesting point. And actually, um, Mm -hmm. the women in the group are all the ones who are dealing with depression. But there Mm -hmm. is um, an organization, a national organization called um, National Alliance of Mental Illness, I believe, NAMI, N-A-M-I. And NAMI.org has chapters all over the country. And um, I'm familiar with them because they have um, one here in uh, my area. And they have a support group for family members. And um, and you can join. That's good to know. It really is. They are an excellent resource. Um, So that's NAMI.org. And... um, you join for a year, uh, there's a small membership fee, and then you mm-hmm. have access to all of their resources. And so they have weekly meetings and support groups. Um, they use um, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy technique where they want you to think differently about your situation. So, for instance, if a person says, um, Oh my goodness! Everything is going wrong. I'm I'm going to get fired. Um, my boss mm-hmm. didn't come by to see me today. Well, we want you to think instead. Okay, I'm having some struggles, but I know that I'm working as hard as I can. And when I get a chance, I'll talk to my boss. That's a real, you know, very simplified mm-hmm. um, example. But the idea is to change the way we think about our situations, um, so that we feel better because negative mm-hmm. thoughts don't do any good for us. And so so many of us, and I know for myself, would would think so negatively about ourselves and say such negative things to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I had to adopt the strategy of, I wouldn't say that to my best friend. Why would I say it to mm-hmm. myself? Um so they are a great resource, and um, online they have all kinds of materials about uh, assessment of um, depression and mm-hmm. what it means and all kinds of great stuff. So I encourage people to look up their local chapter and get involved. And um, if they you know, don't feel like they want to get involved personally, they can donate um, so that other people can be helped. Oh, I think that's great information. So it's called um, N is in Nancy, A is in Apple, M is in Mary, I. dot org. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is right. Good stuff. Excellent resource. Really good to know. Yes. Yes. So, is there and anything else you'd like to share with the listeners today? Oh, gosh. Uh, Sometimes I feel like I could talk forever because this subject, you know, some people would find it depressing, (laughs) but but I don't because I believe in it so much and I believe that it can be better for people and I've seen it be better and and in my own situation I know that it can be and so it's just, it's really a passion for me and uh, Mm -hmm. so I enjoy talking about it. Um, uh, We enjoy having you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. There are lots of resources out there. Um, there are lots of organizations that are trying to change that stigma. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, just by Googling, you can find some things. There are things catered to. There's a group called um, To Write Love on Her Arms. And it was started by young people who they were dealing with a young person who was on drugs and suicidal. And they stuck with oh. her through through the detox process, just in their house. Uh-huh. You know, just they went through it. Uh-huh. You know, this is grassroots, 
and brought her out of it, and that changed everybody, all the people involved. That changed all of their lives, and they started this group, and they really cater to kind of a grassroots kind of way. They cater to young people who are dealing with drug use and suicide, and it's a mm. beautiful organization. And I discovered them. I don't even know how I discovered them, um, but I was so touched by their sincerity and their honesty. Um, there's another uh, woman, uh, Dr. Tanya Douglas Holland, and she works with um, college women who are stressed, you know, because of pursuing these advanced degrees and expectations and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and offers resor- um, resorts or, you know, opportunities to get away and relax um, and deal with your stress better. And so there, there are all kinds of interesting things that people are doing out there. Um, and it is. It the, is. If, you, if you're not, if you don't travel in those circles, it's difficult to to actually locate them or find them. And right, for people right. that don't have the financial means to um, to go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist, it's it's very very difficult to know where mm-hmm. to turn. Now, I do have my Facebook business page, which I put a lot of resources and um, encouraging notes on there, um, and so that may be helpful to people. Um, and I can give you that if you yeah, want. Why don't you tell them, what, tell them the address of it? Okay. It is www.facebook.com and then forward mm-hmm. slash blue is blue art over depression, and it's all one word. Okay, great. And so there, uh, every day I post things, and um, they can kind of see some of the uh, people and organizations that I've liked, and that may be a resource to them. Um, And then, you know, like jokes and art and stories about women, Mm -hmm. all those kinds of things to kind of help us through the day. And then um, tell the listeners where they can purchase your book. Ah, yes. Um, I have my website, which is myblueisblue.com. And right on the homepage, I set up something for your listeners. Um, On the right side, there's a little link, and it says for Denise's listeners. And when they um, put their information, their uh, email address and their first name, then I will send them out a resource that I've put together on, uh, we talked about the difficulty of choosing a therapist, so I've put together some notes on that. And hopefully that will make it easier for the layperson to kind of, you know, it's a Mm down-and-dirty look at it. It could be much more detailed. When I was working on it, I was amazed by how complicated it could be, but I tried to kind (laughs) of simplify it so that we could (laughs) work through it. So I'll send that well, out to a, them. That's a, just an email, so that's great. And well, that's uh, they can also, yeah, I I thought that would be helpful to them. Um, there's also a link where they can click on uh, across the top that says my book, and then they'll uh, be able to see the cover and to order it if they want through me, and they'll get a signed copy. And um, another thing that I'm doing is I started a writing workshop because through the through this process i have kind of regained my voice and i feel like that's a common problem for women that we get swallowed up by things and lose ourselves and writing is a great way mm-hmm. to get back in touch and mm-hmm. it is. so many people want to write a book but they're not exactly sure how or they get distracted that sort of thing and so many people have said to me how did you do it and how long did it take 
And so I put together this workshop really to help women who are dealing with some things uh, to get it out. They can write a book if they want to, or they can just write articles, or they could do their family history, whatever. But it's about writing and uh, and, and healing through the writing. So they'll see that oh. also on the website. Great. So give the website address one more time. Sure. www.myblue, that's B-L-U-E, is blue.com. And I'll tell you what that means. I think it's kind of cool. It's a it's a pun. It's a play on blue as in depression and blue as in mm-hmm. the paint color. So uh, I have turned my blue depression into blue art. <laughs> and I think once you kind of know that's what it means, then it's easier to remember. Uh-huh. So yes. Um, well, that that's a wonderful way to close our show today, Kartika Anderson, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us, teaching us about depression and also giving us the resources for those to go to when you just financially can't afford to get help through your, you know, physician channels. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Take care. All righty. All right, Bye. listeners. Bye. Um, please join us again next week, same time Wednesday, for our show. Uh, we look forward to you listening. We'll have another great show next Wednesday. Bye-bye for now. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit GotCancerNowWhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? Listeners, I just wanted to remind you that the entire contents of this radio show are based upon the opinions of Denise and her guests. This show it's not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional and it's not intended as medical advice it is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from our guests and the experience of denise and her community we encourage you to make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional of your choice these statements they haven't been evaluated by the food and drug administration thank you and good night